I look at it this way, and a lot of people don't know this, but 27% of all truck drivers do not have insurance. That was the voice of Indiana headquartered owner-operator and father of five young children, Dan Coors. And the number he noted there for drivers running without health insurance is no doubt inclusive of company drivers, many with ready access to carrier benefits packages. Among owner-operators, the percentage is certainly higher than 27%. Overdrive's most recent estimate with polling of the owner-operator audience this past month put the number of truck owners hauling without a health insurance plan of some kind in place more than 40%. That's not the absolute highest percentage we've ever seen, but it's a good measure above the rough third that was once a reliable poll result for that question of whether an owner was running with health insurance a decade ago. I'm Todd Dills, and today we're going to dive into a new resource for health insurance that is something of a new variation on an old theme. Like groups such as the Owner-Operator Independent Drivers Association and the National Association of Independent Truckers, both of whom have health insurance resources for members of varying types, the Young CDL Drivers Unlimited group has dipped its toe or maybe sunk a whole foot into the area with a new partnership with the Benefits Management Team, or BMT Health Group. They're a health insurance consultant and broker who can work with a potential insured in any state with knowledge of what's available in the health insurance exchanges under the Affordable Care Act, how available premium subsidies work for individuals, and much more. The company brings all that knowledge then and does quite a lot to really vet healthcare bills too. To be an advocate for patients through its MediShield service, examining itemized invoices for unnecessary charges and further efforts to save on costs. And it is the long rising cost of healthcare, of course, that is the primary reason for the increasing numbers of those opting out of the health insurance system entirely. And a critical reason among small business owner operators. And owner-operator Dan Coors himself was not one of them. He views the necessity of insurance as a business decision, ultimately. most important thing to have is insurance. You got to have insurance to run, uh, to run a truck down the road. You got to have insurance if you own a home, if you got a mortgage on it, you got to have car insurance. You got to have health insurance too. You got to protect yourself from those humongous large expenses that can come out of nowhere. Because um, otherwise they could wreck your business. It's more of a business management program when it comes to health insurance. It's to protect yourself from not being destroyed by an accident, a sickness, or an incident. I mean, cancer could cost you a million dollars really fast. A heart attack could cost you 200000 As truck drivers, we got to protect ourselves for that. So with a family of seven, including himself, to insure, how's he done? In this edition of Overdrive Radio, we'll hear that story in another one. How the BMT Health Company's knowledge of the insurance markets, the Affordable Care Act exchanges, and how they work in tandem with available subsidies led him to a strange realization. He's now paying a little more in taxes than he might otherwise as a result, but he's netting nearly 7000 with a dramatic reduction in insurance premiums. CDL Drivers Unlimited is making other strides too with what they're calling the Driver Advocacy Network, aimed to, as Coors sees it, boost the efforts of men and women behind the wheel to make headway influencing local, state, and national policy and law to the benefit of truckers. You have to reignite that flame, that passion, and that drive, and that ability to say, you know what, I'm tired of getting kicked down the road. I'm tired of being the can being kicked down the road. 
to that effect, too. We'll also hear from Lee Schmidt. The speed limiter and stuff we can try to stop. Uh, broker transparency is another one. And Leisha Schmidt, headquartered in Wisconsin. You know, we're not just advocacy. We're helping drivers in many different ways. After the break, we dive into it with Coors, speaking to how he's managed health insurance now for a decade for that big family, all while trucking as an owner-operator. Keep tuned. In order to keep your diesel vehicle moving this winter, you need to make sure that you have the products you can trust. Howe's Diesel Treat has long been the number one product on the market to prevent gelling. But what if you forget to treat your fuel and find yourself stuck? Reach for Howe's Diesel Lifeline, the only emergency rescue product available that's 100% alcohol-free, fast-acting, and easy to use. Diesel Lifeline is your security blanket on the road. Visit Howe'sProducts.com. That's H-O-W-E-S. HouseProducts.com. Here's Dan Coors. Since 2014, I started my business. Up until then, I'd always worked for people that had insurance or I had insurance through my wife. Um, right. Once, once we started our own business and my wife stayed home with five kiddos that we have, that we got to get insurance. So we went into the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, as we call it. Right. And, and that's what I've been. That's where I've been from day one is Obamacare because I feel I get the best bang for my buck. It's quality insurance. It works for me. Um, and with me having five kids in the state of Indiana, my kids automatically qualify for Medicaid because of our income, after it's all said and done with, there's under the threshold on Obamacare that your kids automatically go into um, Medicaid. What Coors is describing there is often referred to as the Children's Health Insurance Program, or CHIP. It's intended to cover children when a family makes too much to qualify for Medicaid access across the board. It's in place in all states around the nation, but eligibility terms will differ from state to state. With five children, the Coors no doubt have quite a lot to think about in terms of insurance. So my kids are protected okay. by Medicaid here in the state of Indiana, which is freaking phenomenal. I mean, it's really good insurance. We've got great doctors that work great for our kids, and our kids are healthy, and it and they go out of their way to make sure our kids stay healthy. Is when we go to the doctor's offices and specialists and stuff like that. I mean, I've even had one of my children in Riley in Indianapolis. That'd be Riley Children's Hospital. Coors is referring to there for a situation. Medicaid takes care of it. But that's the great thing about what the insurance program I'm with. Um, what was going on, though, was the last couple of years, um, me and my wife, our insurance was high. I mean, anywhere from 600 to $800 a month for health, dental, and vision. And I, and I was like, why am I not getting any subsidies? Why am I not getting government subsidies with the income level that I'm at with five kids I should I, I, what's going on here at one time it was higher than my truck insurance I mean now uh, uh, last year it was almost dead even with my truck insurance health insurance and truck insurance was almost the same every month and we we're just trying to figure out why I mean we're healthy we don't have a lot of elements what's the problem and so we got with CDL drivers unlimited CDLDU we uh we hooked up with BMT as a health insurance consultant. And what they, what BMT does is they are more or less a broker 
that works with every insurance out there. What they're going to do is they're going to get you the best insurance for your price range, get you the best bang for your buck for your price range. I mean, they work really hard on that, and that's what they get. And as a CDLDU member, we also get involved with their um, medical advocacy um, advocate group. This is part of what BMT CEO Drew Ellison believes most differentiates the insurance brokers from other independent agencies. It's called MediShield, aimed at essentially helping insurers become educated consumers of healthcare. A lot of that has directly to do with scrutiny of bills for care. Rather like what listeners heard here several weeks back now about towing invoices, extra charges, and the like. Here's how Coors described the healthcare billing dynamics that MediShield is designed to combat with a goal to enhance savings for insured. Insurance companies too, ultimately. What they do is, is you send in your paper, you send, like if you get a big medical bill, and after your insurance pays out, you get this bill from the hospital or the doctor's office. Well, you pull up, ask for an itemized bill. They send you an itemized bill, and then you send it to them, and they go through that itemized bill, and they find all them stupid charges. So they go through, and they know all those codes, and they look for all that stuff, and they throw it out. And they're like, no, you're not charging for this. This is bullcrud. This is fraudulent charges. So that's that's what BMT does on their advocacy side. But on their okay. insurance side, they find you the best bang for your buck. Well, with me, the reason I got the huge savings, I went from paying, I don't know, somewhere between eight and nine hundred dollars a month down to roughly eighty-five dollars a month. And the way I got there was. I talked to Drew, the CEO of BMT. I, that's who I did my call, conference call with, 30-minute conference call. They go through everything with you, try to get you the best bang for your buck. And, and he asked me, he says, what is your income that you're putting in? Because with a family of seven, you shouldn't be hardly paying anything. I said, well, I put in, I've been running about fifty-five to 59000 after all expenses. And he's like, raise that to sixty. Let's see if we can fix that. Let's raise this to $65,000 after all expenses that your income is sixty-five grand. The moment we did that, we got $800 some dollars a month in subsidies immediately. Boom. Yeah, by raising my income, I got more in subsidy dollars. For a family of seven, essentially, under the terms of how the Affordable Care Act's exchanges overlay with Medicaid programs that exist, Glitch in the national exchange system wasn't qualifying the cores for subsidies because their household income is at a level that assumed they qualified for Medicaid themselves under. Yet that's not the case in Indiana. Now the states all have their own Medicaid top threshold number. So the people that are between the state's top threshold number and the people below the federal Medicaid number, those people are, called, are in the black hole. And they yeah. pay for every last dime of their insurance. They pay for all of it. They get zero subsidies. But if you raise yourself above the federal level, then you get all the government subsidies on your health insurance. By raising my income like seven or eight thousand dollars on my gross in, or on my net income after all expenses, I was able to get all these government subsidies for my health insurance, which dropped me down to eighty-five dollars a month for vision. Wow. Uh, dental and medical. How do you justify that? I went from fifty-nine thousand to sixty-five thousand. You have a control on what you write down as write-offs on your in, on your taxes. 
paying the extra tax has a, a benefit that you don't realize, right? Like that's that's Absolutely. interesting. Absolutely, totally interesting. Absolutely, yeah. you take you take eight hundred a month times twelve is ninety six hundred bucks. That's came yeah. off my insurance. Ninety six hundred plus dollars came off my insurance. So right. that six thousand dollars, twenty two percent income tax, fifteen percent federal tax, and let's just state of Indiana here, five percent tax. So you take five percent. Uh, 15 and 22, that comes out to be roughly 42, 43% tax. You put 43% tax on $6,000, and you're only looking at what? 2,500, 2,600 bucks more in taxes to save 9,600. So you come out $7,000 ahead. It's a freaking no-brainer. And 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 it was a business man, and and it was a business management plan to get involved with DMT because. They, they're the experts. They, they do this every day, day in, day out. And as a CDL Drivers Unlimited member, you get the added benefit of the, of the, threat, of the uh, advocacy side, yeah. which I like. And then you also, by just going to our site, cdldriverswin.com, you're going to go down through the site, and you're going to see a little spot in there where it actually says, type in your name and information and Somebody from DMT is going to get in contact with you and do a free 30-minute consultation and see if they can help you get better insurance. Comes down to business management. Of course, this Medicaid black hole, as he calls it, situation, without subsidies apply to premiums and the exchanges, it's not going to apply to all of you out there, of course. But when Coors shared his experience recently via video running around the social networks, two others joined him as well with their stories. Ron Stinson saved about 25% with better benefits, he said, working with BMT. Stephen Myers saved about 50% himself with a short consultation. So you, you got to run the numbers whenever you look at things and see if it's cost effective. In my situation, it was wholly cost effective to take a little bit more income, pay the taxes on it, and save money on insurance. And here's how Lisa Schmidt described results she's aware of from around the CDL Drivers Unlimited membership at this point. Also stressing that full benefits, including the accompanying MediShield plan Coors talked about, opened up with CDLDU membership. I know that we've had some drivers that have saved some Boku bucks, including a driver that never had health insurance before, and now he's got it. Anybody that takes our plan through this guy has to be a member of CDLDU which is $15 a month or $150 for a whole year. And these guys are saving well over that, you know, on their insurance costs. In addition to the health insurance side of things, as noted up top, the group is making a push this year to get set up for advocacy around the nation. with what they call the Driver Advocacy Network, or DAN. It's D-A-N. It's another reason I wanted to talk to Lisa and Lee Schmidt, and Dan Corey for that matter, too. They're taking an approach at least somewhat similar to that of other grassroots groups in the past to build a network of constituents in congressional districts all around the nation and to build relationships with them to effectively advocate locally, at the state level, and nationally. It all goes hand in hand as Lisa sees it. The object is to get drivers to be doing our actual advocacy rather than paying a big lobby firm that doesn't know anything anything about trucking any more than the people that work in Washington, D.C. So if we get advocates, driver advocates, in every representative's district across the nation, 
you know, between one to 10 in each district is our goal, then they've set up personal meetings with that representative and educate them on the trucking issues and solutions because, you know, CDLDU is a solution based organization. We don't just go whining about the problems. So here's an example of one that I can give you that is real life. This actually happened. Um, Charles Reese is in Missouri and he set up an appointment to meet with Josh Hawley's office and we sent him all the stats. We went over talking points with him, gave him hard copies of our, our presentation folder with all the statistics and documents that we have in there. And he took that to his meeting. And now as a driver, you feel way more empowered with the power of the organization behind you instead of just one truck driver coming out of the truck and going to meet with someone. So it makes it more effective. And he actually, the person that he talked with, with Josh Holly was his state leader for the whole state of Josh. And they are keeping in contact like every couple of weeks. Kind of so building the relationship with uh, the people in the states that, that work on the staffs of, of, uh, of the reps and, and senators and, And, and it's actually constituent based, you know, it's not like someone from Wisconsin is going down to Missouri to meet with the Missouri reps. We meet with them in DC. And that was the other thing. Um, When Charles went into this meeting, Josh's office was already familiar with CDL drivers unlimited because of our working in DC. And that's where I say they go back and forth because if Josh is in Missouri meeting with them and we're in DC meeting with them, you know, it works much better. And that way, when Lee and I go to D.C. from time to time, we'll be taking the state reps with us and then they can meet with them there in D.C. also. The whole goal is to get a driver to represent every representative's district so that each rep in the state has somebody they can reach out to. And then on top of the district people, we have state leaders. Like Dan Kors is the Indiana guy and Mitchell Reesgraf is the Iowa state leader. And then he'll help lead and advocate with his fellow state drivers. And it works really well because he actually at one of, I came from a Vivek town hall, but it ended up being their county, I guess, Republican caucus. In Iowa, Schmidt means... She's talking about the work of CDLDU Driver Advocacy Network, Iowa State Leader, Mitchell Reesgraft. He went to that caucus and they're actually making sure that they have a driver representative on in all of their meetings to talk about all of these things that affect drivers. Because Iowa is huge farming and trucking. So, you know, it makes sense for them to have a trucking representative. This is great. It takes a lot of pressure off of Lee and I when these state people are, you know, setting up all this and getting them the basics. And then when we go into D.C., it's a whole lot easier. Plus, now the state leader is also available to meet with the governor's office, attorney general's office, the state DOT, um, you know, anything on the state level. How far along are you guys in terms of coverage of, of all of these districts? Um, or is this just um, kind of getting underway in, in earnest now? It's, it's, it's really getting underway in earnest. Um, it, okay. You know, we're picking up some of our key members and, and training them. 
and giving them, I mean, you know, Lee and I have been doing this advocacy stuff for a long time. We've learned from some of our mistakes on things that don't work. But on the other hand, the state guys will be able to try, you know, different things and, and that may work. And then we can multiply that out to the other states, duplicate it. Whatever we do, you don't want to do all the states the same. That's one thing we've learned because we've come up with a few ideas and told them, you know, this doesn't work here. It might not work here, but it might work in your state, this same approach. Or it did. it's not going to work there just because of the geography, how everything is laid out. So there is some things that aren't going to work everywhere. Folks that may, you know, may come to this with, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of folks out there doing a lot of different things and engaged in a lot of different ways in their you know, wherever they live. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, drivers out there that um, have relationships with folks um, uh, uh, that work in government, uh, that maybe even reps already, uh, and, and whether or not they do and they want to um, sort of get involved in, in this effort. I mean, I guess the first step would be uh, become a member of CVLDU, eh? That would be. Um, and we're actually working out details. I don't have the final details. I wish I did where if you are an active member of Dan and you can devote an hour or two each week, we will discount your membership. I don't know what that discount looks like at this moment. I, I wish I could tell you, but I can't because we're talking it out right. right now. And and once you become a member, then you get the, all the other benefits too. You know, the field card, the insurance discounts. Plus then you have our back office and we will provide you all the documents, all the statistics, you know, and you can become a member of the committees with the other guys and you all talk out issues and, and, and the solutions. And that way, like I said, when we, the very first time we walked into D.C., you remember that one when we were there last February, the empowerment of having this organization behind you when you go and talk to these people. It's so much different than just being Lee and Lisa Schmidt, I tell you. If there's drivers out that are already doing this, you might come at us with a different approach as to what did work in your state that might benefit us something we haven't thought of for other states that we're working on. Yeah. And, or you know, that, and just uh, the simple fact of bringing a, a relationship to, to the, to the table that already exists uh, when, you know, when there's uh agreement on the issues, you know, and I think, I think broadly, you know, a lot of the, a lot of drivers out there are um, in agreement on a lot of things and that that need to be done. What uh, what are some of the biggest uh, issues that are you know sort of dominating discussions at the uh, organization there? Uh, speed limiters is a big one. That is huge. The automatic braking is back there. Logs. That's still a key thing. People are fed up with the ELD. You know, and we can't change that. That's a government mandate. But the speed limiter and stuff we can try to stop. Uh, broker transparency is another one. And, and it just goes down from there. Each individual state has other things. Lee then referenced efforts seeing some action in the state legislature in Indiana around requiring a human operator physically present in the cab of autonomous trucks, following the model set by California legislatures a year ago, and ultimately vetoed by the state's governor. But back on the table there now. The I-70 corridor between Indiana and Ohio since last year has been a testing ground for semi-autonomous technology. They introduced bills, similar to some seen in the New York State as well, they seem to have come in response. The Schmitz also noted weight issues in Upper Wisconsin, 
as heavier Michigan carriers attempt to gain exemptions for runs into and back out of the state, among many other local regulatory battles. There in Indiana, Dan Coors, the Indiana Dan state leader for CDLDU, has got something of an opportunity in his own congressional district. Longtime readers may remember that he launched a quick sprint of a congressional run for a special election in 2022 after his rep was killed in an accident. The eventual winner, Rudy Yakum III, is the son of small fleet owner operator Rudy Yakum Jr. I haven't had a chance to really talk to him much. I've talked to some of his, some of his people, but I haven't talked to him much. And gotcha. so we're uh, wanting to get in there and talk to him a little more and push the CDL drivers unlimited and our, our uh, agenda, try to get his assistance with what we're trying to get accomplished for small carriers and drivers mainly truck drivers we, we we're all about the truck driver with cdldu whether it's an owner operator a small businessman or a company driver i mean shoot yeah. some of our some of our major people are are company drivers from or some uh um very very well the largest trucking company in the country actually has one of our one of our people is actually a driver for them <laughs> right you, yeah, you it sounds uh, like you've got you've got a good opportunity there in, in your district with uh, with with a man who at yeah. least he should be he should be conversant with some of the basic issues because I know his dad is longtime overdrive readers may well also recall Rudy Yakum Jr.'s contribution to several stories through the years. I'll post in the show notes a link to his post ELD mandate reckoning with new time pressures on the regular West Coast run from his home area. Of course, finally. You heard a little bit of this already at the top. Working with CDLDU offers a unique opportunity he feels and urges others to take part. To be effective over the long term, he knows, more active members would be the key. With CDL Drivers Unlimited, I've gotten a couple of people, or a few people from Indiana have joined. Um, and it's just trying to build the organization to get people involved because here's yeah. the problem. And here's the problem. Owner-operators, independents, all we've ever had done is beaten down by the government. All they've ever done is beat us down, beat us down, beat us down, beat us down, beat us down. And after 30-plus, 40-plus years of being beaten, you have to reignite that flame, that passion, and that drive, and that ability to say, you know what? I'm tired of getting kicked down the road. I'm tired of being the can being kicked down the road. I'm fighting back. You got to get that that lion out, come back alive in the owner operator, the, the the company driver, the truck, small business truck. You got to reignite that flame to get that lion to say, you know what? We vote these suckers in. We can vote them out, and we need to take get our the members that we do have in office and tell them straight up those alphabet agencies do not make the laws we didn't elect them to make the laws we elected y'all to make the laws that's our job as 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 members of the driver advocacy network the dan network is to fight tooth and nail to get it through these congress members head to do that and we need more drivers more people to join us in doing so Anybody that sees this or hears this, check us out at MAPS this year. We're going to be in the lobby of the North Wing. When you come in to register there at the North Wing, we'll be in that lobby in that row of booths. There's a pretty good likelihood you can find all the folks you heard in the podcast there in the CDL Drivers Unlimited booth at MAPS in that North Wing lobby. 
Owner operators Dan Coors, Lee, and Lisa Schmidt, big thanks to you for walking us through the efforts. Hope to see you too at Matt's. Don't miss Overdrive's big partners in business session at 2.45 p.m. on Friday, March 22nd. The brand new sponsorship from our friends at Rush Truck Centers, the 140 plus full service dealership network with locations all around the nation. Find more about the session via overdriveonline.com slash PIB. That's P-I-B. The program is co-produced with owner-operator business services firm, ATBS, now for more than 20 years. We've got the brand new business handbook updated and slated for release at Matt's. Find us there at 245 Friday in room B104 for the market update and owner-operator cost, revenue, and income benchmarking. Springboard for discussion around survival strategies and tactics to thrive in a down market. I'll post the link to session details in the show notes wherever you're listening. Overdrive Radio is on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Podcast Addict, and most any platform really where you can find podcasts. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and if you're enjoying these, leave us a rating and review there. Thanks in advance for it. Overdrive Radio is a production of Overdrive, the voice of the American trucker. It's edited and produced by me, Todd Bills, with the acoustic guitar and other support of trucker songwriter Long Haul Paul Marhofer. The theme is Legend of the Snake Man by Marhofer, featuring the guitar work of Travis, the Snake Man himself, Wemmick. Terry Two Socks Richardson on bass, keys by Tishomingo, Jim Whitehead, and on drums, Andrew Marshall. The podcast is backed up further by Overdrive's own news editor, Matt Cole, executive editor, Alex Lockie, and video editors, Lawson Rudisel and Andrew Glick. See you next time.